Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Bane. Don't assume my gender. Friend since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F*** you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser With the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from doubters Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, power Yeah, hello, uh, hello, hello Hello, hello Welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling sound is episode 351 of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I, of course, am Brian Breaker, and joining me as always is Big Underscore, wait a minute, no, Big Underscore Bane's not here. How crazy. The 351st episode, he could not be a part of it. But I have a tag team partner who stepped in the last minute. Good friend of the show, Travis Fowler. Travis, thanks for joining me today, man. Uh, no problem, man. The uh, we, we did the Mega Powers handshake, uh, you know, pre-recording and uh, came running to the ring with the chair to take out... Uh, the Heart Foundation and Honky Tonk Man, and uh, glad glad to be here tonight. Glad to, uh, you know, fill Bane's boots. Those are some big boots to fill, but uh, I, I'm here to to do to do what I can. Well, for sure, man. And it's going to be kind of a weird format, I think, because you know, me and you have podcasted a few times, but we've never done like the show where it's like all the segments and stuff. So I think it'll be a different experience. But I hope everybody enjoys it. To just kind of address the elephant in the room, as it were, uh, Bane is okay. He had a bit of a family emergency he needed to to, uh, to take care of, and he, like I said, he's fine. It, and I don't really want to say what it is because it's it's his own business, and he can address that when he gets back if he chooses to. If not, that's totally his business. But he, the the thing is, when you're dealing with real life, the last thing you want to do is have to worry about a podcast and. And so I was even like, hey, man, if you want to put it off for a week, we can. And he's like, well, do you think someone would be able to step in um, just for the for the week? And I was like, I'm, I'm sure I could find someone. And so, so Travis, I'll tell you, he suggested you, Jeff Toon from Fully Posable, or Jack Gamble. Uh, did not suggest Big Chuck. I will throw that out there right away. It's probably because Big Chuck had a big mouthful of glizzies, and like it's gonna be hard to like understand what he had to say. That's very possible. Yeah, he was over there bashing chocolate gravy, which you can't do, and not not cool at all. And so you're the first person I hit up. You were all about it. So here we are. Yeah, it's like uh, 
I, I may be aging myself a little bit, but it's like when uh, Regis and Kathy Lee back in the day, like when Regis would go on vacation, like I'm Frank Gifford to your Kathy Lee Gifford right now. So like you're, Oh wait! I just called you Kathy Lee Gift. Anyway, ne- never mind. Never mind. <laughs> We're getting off the rails already. Uh, <laughs> but we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We got some wrestling talk. We got some movie talk. We got a uh, uh, some toy talk, of course. A WTF story that uh, that Travis, you well, you didn't bring it to my attention, but you suggested it for the WTF story, and I was like, absolutely, that's got to be talked about. Uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of chalk line talk, some talk, some PHPW, which Travis, you're very familiar with. And our guest this week is uh, John Webb, good friend of mine, former WLW heavyweight champion and WLW uh, junior heavyweight and tag team champion as well. He has not been on the show for like two years, so it'll be cool to catch up with him and uh, see what's going on there. But Travis, what do you think uh, we dive into a little bit of wrestling talk here? Let's do it. Very nice. Very nice. Big Bane there. <laughs> well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them, buying energies. Listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. Very, very nice. Well, uh, so Travis, a lot of this, I know, I know what Big Underscore Bane is into. I don't always know what you're into, so I got to start out at the top. Goldberg has made headlines yet again by announcing that he was going to be watching Roman Reigns in the Thunderdome, which he did. And uh, there's been talk, you know, that his contract has a couple of more big matches on it for the next two years each, so four matches total, which is one of those things. I personally feel like the Goldberg train has been ridden to to its. <laughs> To its very end, and it's time to uh, to exit to the left. Let's let's get the hell off this thing. But they still feel like there's some marketability there. Uh, I think they they think well, he's in good shape. He can still he can still kind of be Goldberg. So why not? Um, what do you think about this, man? You know, I I feel like they're they're just squeezing Goldberg for for everything they can, and. It's all about money, and right now, um, with you know, with the Thunderdome, and we're still not having really a live audience. Uh, it's a name to to pop a rating and maybe pop a couple subscriptions. Um, they just need to tell Mister Goldberg because, uh, like he he, his big thing is like just tell him don't try to do a spear into the turnbuckle because he's like. Five for five and going for that spear, hitting the turnbuckle and getting a concussion and almost killing people or kicking Bret Hart's head into the fifth row. Like, you know, maybe just say, hey, like, don't go spear the turnbuckle and mess it all up because we have four more matches left. And, uh, you know, it's obviously just a way to uh, pop a rating, get people to turn into SmackDown, turn into Raw or you know, wherever they're at after the draft, both shows, and to, uh, you know, squeeze that turnip a little bit and uh, get some Goldberg juice all over Roman and uh, Roman and Braun. Well, and I think also, too, it, it may have thrown them off when they weren't able to have the Goldberg-Roman Reigns match, you know, at WrestleMania this past year, which, you know, this whole year, as we, as we have talked about at Nauseam, has been kind of such a weird... 
a year for everyone. But you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. Like the uh, the spear in the turnbuckle. Maybe let's not do that one again. You know, like let's. I'm not telling a guy to phone it in, but I think at this point, man, we just need the greatest hits. We need the pyro. We need the big kick. We need the snort, the spit, the pyro smoke coming out of your nose, a spear and a jackhammer. But let's not give ourselves a concussion before the match starts with headbutting a door. Um, yep. Let's not, you know, headbutt a turnbuckle post and, you know, nearly kill yourself and then anyone else you're in the ring with and just, I think, be smarter about it. Um, like I said, I. I I'll be honest. Anytime I see that they start using Goldberg, it does generate a nostalgic feel because of how over he was in the 90s. But at the end of the day, I'm like, the guy was not that great then. You add 20 years on that. And I don't know. Like, the match he had with Brock at WrestleMania, if there was a match to retire on, it was that one. Because that was easily probably the number two, one or two best matches he's ever had. Absolutely. Because it just hit. It wasn't long, but it did what it needed to do, which was hit all the the main points. And he was able to erase that really bad WrestleMania match at WrestleMania 20. And he was able to erase WWE heat and all this other stuff. It's like, there you go. That was your send off. And I know a lot of wrestlers have a really hard time not recognizing a send off. And I, I hope that with WWE, they just realize like, let's, He's in the Hall of Fame. Use him in use him in video games. Make action figures. Right, well, that's great. But let's not let's not keep trying to squeeze this orange, you know, and try to get more juice out of it. You know, it's something that just popped in my head with because uh, we haven't really seen one in a while with any of the like theatrics matches because of. You know, maybe they'll they'll pull something like that to make it a little bit easier, like the Money in the Bank matches, the you know the graveyard match, and and make it more of a story, and maybe get a little more out of it, like one of the last four matches, um, to make it more palatable and enjoyable to then get to a, a bigger match. But uh, like you said, like this last run that he's had, like. How much has that hurt his dynasty or his legacy? Because there's only so much that he's messed up recently that makes you start realizing, like, okay, maybe he wasn't as dominant back in the 90s. Or, like, it is the present starting to hurt the past at this point. And when you get to that point, like you said, just, I think, just shut it down. You know, go go on to greener pastures and and don't ruin, you know your your legacy because you want another payday. But that's easy for me to say. I'm not a wrestler, um, and if somebody wants to throw a check with six zeros at me um, to do what he does, I'd be like, you know what? Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Well, money does talk, right? I mean, it, it always will, and. Another thing, too, I've always found very weird about this run with Goldberg is he's done a lot of jobs, and like that didn't happen, obviously, back in the day. And so I feel like you're kind of taking the one thing that he was, which was, you know, a dominant wrestler, and like he's dropping to Braun in like three minutes, and 
He had that match with The Fiend. And like, again, none of the matches are long, which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily, but it's just the same. It's a spear, a spear, a spear. It's like, oh my God, like we've seen this, you know? So to me, it's kind of like when they, uh, like when they did the Hangover movie, that was like one of the <laughs> greatest comedies of its generation at that time because it was just so kind of, no one saw that coming of how funny that was. Right. Then they did the Hangover 2, and it was basically the exact same plot, but in Thailand, I think. And it was like, or China, I can't remember. It was in, it was over there somewhere. And it was like, well, okay, still got some funny parts, but it's the same movie. And so people kind of crapped on it. Then they did a third one, completely different plot. People were like, oh, this sucks. Why didn't they just go back to what they were doing? <laughs> so, uh, right. Can't win for losing sometimes. And, I mean,. Maybe we'll have a new Goldberg streak of uh, Goldberg losing. He'll be the uh, the Gilbert. Gil- Goldberg is now Gilberg. the The wrestling world is is coming full circle. You never know, man. You never know. Um, another interesting thing we got to touch on. A lot of people have found this very controversial. I don't know if I would say controversial, other than just out of the box. But uh, Chris Jericho and MJF made some. Made some news with their little musical skit on AEW Dynamite. It got everybody talking. Uh, Jim Cornette was not happy, which I know is a shocker to everybody. But wait, wait, wait! AEW and now Chris Jericho did something that was not nineteen mid eighties wrestling, and was something different. And Jim Cornette, like. Uh, through through a hissy about it, I, color me shocked. <laughs> right. Here's the thing about I, I I I will say this: Jim Cornette is a polarizing individual. I love hearing him talk on shoot interviews because he's very entertaining. His opinion on current day wrestling, like when he continually trashes AEW, and it's like. This isn't your thing, man. I don't understand why you continually watch it. That would be like me watching a show I didn't like and every week telling you why I hate it. It's like I, I don't I don't watch stuff I'm not entertained by anymore. So I mean it's interesting. I mean a lot of people have, have seemed to like it. Some people think it's a disgrace to the business and everything else. I'm pretty open minded on wrestling for the most part and I I always try to look at it money wise does someone stop if they're if they're changing the channel and watch this or you know we're in the world of twitter now does someone stop that twitter feed and watch this and think okay i got to see what they're doing or do people just scoff at it and move on i i don't know does it work because if it makes money and it works then you're doing the right thing if it doesn't then you're not so i mean may young gave birth to a hand um you know, freaking so many things in WWE have happened. Uh, Vince McMahon pulled Jim Ross's head out of his own ass <laughs> in a doctor segment. I, I, I messaged this to a buddy of mine. I remember watching the Diva Search back in the early 2000s, and one of the skits is they had to seduce Kamala on Monday Night Raw. That happened. All I like eight or that. ten of them had to go in and try to seduce Kamala. I mean, yeah, let's give Kamala a payday. I'm all about that. But it's like, dear God, that's bad. So is right. this more offensive than that? I don't think so. It is different though, and I don't know. Like I feel like AEW is doing their best to try to be a variety. They do have good wrestling. They have some interesting characters, but they're also doing stuff to make people talk. So 
right. I go through and I make my podcast topics, that was one I had to talk about because to me that's newsworthy and that gets people talking about AEW. So that's not a bad thing, I don't think. Uh, I I agree. Any uh, oh gosh, what do they say? Like any new or it, like any news is good news or, or something along those lines. Like if you get people talking. Um, like all press you know, is good press, even bad press or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I was trying to to get to. Like it, it's very weird uh, because I, I did watch Dynamite this week, and you know, it, at one point, like I was like, "Holy crap!" Like maybe Kenny Omega now is going to be the New Japan Kenny Omega. He just squashed. Uh, Oh gosh, I I forget, and it's not that I'm trying to be mean, but I I can't remember. Sunny the, Kiss, right? Yeah, Sunny Kiss, like V Trigger, One Winged Angel, and he had this look on his face, like, "All right, I'm ready." And it's like, God, thank God, like maybe we'll get a glimpse of you know New Japan Kenny again, and like bring that to the forefront. But then we saw the steak dinner, and like it's. You, you hit it right. It's almost more like a variety show or a variety hour. Yeah. And like part of me feels that uh, it's Jericho just grasping at something different. And, you know, what can he do to, to stay relevant or what can Jericho do to come up with his next like moniker, his next thing, like, you just made the list or a little right. bit of the bubbly. Like he, he, he's always thrown stuff out, but I, I think this is just, you know, Hey, uh, kind of like what we talked about with Goldberg. Hey, I don't have to wrestle this week on dynamite, but I need to stay on the show. Let me do something different other than cut a 20 minute promo at the beginning of dynamite and call it a night. So, you know, is he trying yeah, absolutely. And he's working with MJF. Like, so they're two of arguably the best promos in AEW. Was it a grand slam? I don't think so. Did I hate it? No. But like, seeing it come from those two, it was like, okay. But it's not. Yeah. I didn't mind it, but I didn't hate it with the fury of of Jim Cornette. And I think that's what's so um, interesting about it is because you have so many opinions on things in wrestling and what's good and what's bad. And, you know, like, like I hear Martin Scorsese doesn't like Marvel films because probably because they're making big money. Right. And. Right. No one seemed to care about Marvel movies back when, you know, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was happening, which they were making money then, but probably not like they are now. So, right. Uh, well, it's because they're not they're not movies. They're not they're, they they don't you know, it's not a Gone with the Wind or a Turner Classic movie that you catch on TBS on Sunday afternoon to take take a nap real quick. Right. There's no feeling. Yeah, and and so uh, to me, uh, like I said, I've always looked at pro wrestling as like if if something is gonna make money, then go for it. And, and like you said, you brought up a really good point about Jericho maybe just trying different stuff. 
And I think a lot of what he's also trying to do is find his own AEW niche, which we're like the demo god is kind of a new thing he's using. Right. Because a lot of what he's done with WWE, a vast majority of it is WWE intellectual property. So trying to build his own stuff within AEW. And, and you know, like I said, on, on one end, you have that, but then you also have FTR have this killer tag match sometimes. So it, it's that weird give and take where you may not like this, but there's something here for everybody. And so I think that that's a pretty good approach because, you know, like I said, with WWE, there's been a lot of stuff that I feel like people have more of a forgiveness for WWE because that's what it is, you know? Uh, and, but like I said, I bring up those few examples and those sound awful on every level. How those got oh, on yeah. television, I'll never know, but they did. And we all watched it and watched the next week and didn't complain really. So it's just, as, uh, it's a different thing. Um, last little topic here I have in the wrestling talk. The WWE Network announced a, a line of video podcasts are going to be available. Um, this is an interesting thing. I'd love to get your take on this, and I'll tell you why. I've never been a video podcast guy. I have loved I love podcasting, the format of it, but I like listening to it. I like putting it on in the car. I like putting it on while I'm at the gym. Sometimes when I'm at work, you know, I'll put on my earbuds and, and listen or whatever, but I've never been a sit down and watch it on a video, but I know a lot of people do like that. I've actually had a handful of people ask me about if we would ever do do it, put it on YouTube as a video, and I'm like, well, we've never really thought about it, but I mean, maybe. And of course, we're doing PHPW now, which is a different thing. But I, I don't know—is video podcasting something you're into? What do you think of this endeavor? Um, I mean, I love you and Bane, but I, I might be on the opposite end, like. I, I wouldn't want to watch you guys for an hour and a half sitting across from your table just shooting the shit when I when I hear it. Like, but that right. that's just me. Uh, my job. I'm the same as you. Like, my job is uh, I drive around. I'm a, I, I work out in the quote unquote field. So I'm in my car uh, five to seven hours a day, and I I do listen to podcasts. That's how I get you know from city to city, town to town, and. I've always been an audio person like, you know, podcasts for me are like what I can do when I'm on the go. Sure. Like, and you know, I, I, I don't like to listen to, to regular radio. Um, I, I like talk radio, but not like the extreme talk radio on either side, but, uh, like the the George Norries and the you know after dark stuff, like the the later spooky stuff, and um, you know when because when I'm not driving or when I'm not you know doing something, uh, you know I'll put a podcast on before I go to bed. Like sure. when I'm at home with the kids and, and being being dad, like I can't sit down and watch you, not you guys, but a podcast because right that. I, I would have to sit. I would have to be like, it would like destination TV. Like I would have to sit down for that hour to hour and a half and watch a, watch a podcast instead of multitasking, like right. put it in my headphones and doing it. So, um, you know, I also don't think it's going to go very well because they tried to do their YouTube thing years ago with like, um, when they had their own YouTube 
like series and, you know, put out, you know, five to 10 minute videos and it all flopped. So, um, I'd be interested to see how it does, you know, maybe they will do a watch along and they'll actually throw that match for free up on, um, YouTube and you hear the commentary or the, the podcast over the match instead of having to go to the network and, you know, do your countdown three, two, one play. Like, so like I would probably watch a couple of those, but like, I don't need to listen to graves and see graves at his home on zoom and be on the right and have their interview back and forth. Like it just, I don't need to see talking heads. Right, and, and I completely agree. And I remember, uh, I think it was like two years ago, they did something else to wrestle with on the network, which was, you know, Bruce and Conrad, of course. And it was like a spinoff series where they kind of went into other things, like topics they had done, but they did them differently for the network. And it was right. that. It was like where Bruce has a camera on him, Conrad has a camera on him, and it kind of goes back and forth to whoever's talking. But they would put in like pictures and sometimes video footage of what they were talking about, which I thought, well, that's kind of a different element. Um, but again, much like you, if you're in your car, a podcast is oftentimes background noise, right? It's something to listen while you're driving or while you're doing your thing. And, you know, and I, I also like a podcast cause I can turn my car off. It's pause where I left off when I get back in, it starts right back up. So, um, exactly. I don't know. Like it, it's just kind of an interesting t- take for me. Cause I'm like, well, that's not a bad, not a bad idea, but I don't, I don't see myself watching podcasts i guess and i and i know maybe some people that's how they found it but to me when i found like the format of podcasting i I fell in love with it because i was like this is so cool because you know there's all these shows i can listen to and subscribe and and find other stuff it's it's fun so i hope it works for them it's an interesting thing but you know me and bane have talked about it before i feel like wwe is a little bit behind the eight ball on podcasting because i would have thought they would have been on the forefront of this like when you have all those Conrad Thompson shows doing watch alongs to their stuff, you would think that they would take note of that and be like, we could do this ourselves. Why not have, right. you know, current guys or whoever, you know, ask maybe a Kevin Owens, Hey, who's your favorite wrestler? And he says it like, how would you like to do record a watch along with somebody on this match? And we'll make it a, a video podcast. Why not? You know, like that would be a smart move on their part. And they really haven't done that yet. So, Right, or do like a, a video dinner for three, like because when they bring everybody in for Mania, like right. how cool would it be to hear, like, you know, you could get Sean and Scott Hall in the same room, have them go over their two ladder matches and, and record Absolutely, it. yeah. Like they they could do it, and it be, you know, even if they throw it up on the network, like make it its own special. Like that would be the only thing I would really want to watch is just. Like I said, just watching the matches with, I don't even want to say alternate commentary, but like play-by-play of, of the guys in there. And if anybody can do it, they can. And, and you're right, because like the Conrad Thompsons, you know, I remember um, even before Bischoff came and left WWE, they had a WWE network sponsorship, you know, use code, blah, blah, blah. Like So like they know that they're getting the traffic um, from people downloading that or not downloading, like streaming that event, streaming that match. Like how did someone in a board meeting not go, Hey, this is working for them. Right. But let's, let's take the money from it. 
Right, because it's like, why let someone else make money or or notoriety from it when we can do it ourselves? Exactly. Well, we got to take a break from this. We got to dive into a little bit of movie talk. So, why do you say we get into it? Uh, my my favorite spot. This is Breaker and Bane up at the movies. Yeah, <laughs> this is Breaker and Bane up at the movies. Yeah, so good. But it little I've, I've waited my whole life to do that. You so. know, we may not even need that that intro song there. I'll let Bane make that choice because I think that was that was good. You know, just letting you freestyle it there. But um, only movie talk we really have this week is uh, Dark Side of the Ring has officially been renewed for a third season. This will be fourteen episodes, which is more than they've ever done. I'm a huge fan of this documentary series. I love what they're doing. Um, have you been following along with it? What are your thoughts on it? I I love it. And some are hit or miss, uh, but all in all, I've enjoyed every episode. Like, did I really need a history of New Jack? No, because I, I lived through a lot of that. But, like, also, did I really need a history of Dino Bravo? No, but it was kind of cool to see it. So, like, they right. cover good topics and... um you know, I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I hope they do uh, with having 14 episodes. I really liked when, um, and this sounds weird now that I just said it out loud, but I really liked how they did the uh, two episodes for Benoit. So I'm hoping that on any of the topics that they do, that maybe they can do a deep dive and maybe pull out like um, the season premiere as a two-part and maybe the season ender as a two-part to maybe do a, a bigger deep dive into a, a bigger story. Well, and I think that would be great. Are there any topics that come to your mind that you would like to see covered? Um, I'm going to repeat one because I, I do listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast and I know that they have already been out and started interviewing him and the two topics that he talked about, um, that they asked him about, were Brian Pillman and then um, the North Korea show mm. and the the WCW North Korea show. Um, I think that was what, Flair and Baba, maybe? Yeah, um, that sounds right. Uh, I'm really interested in the Pillman one. Uh, I'm a Dayton, Ohio guy. Sure. Uh, born and raised Cincinnati is an hour south of me. So, um, I remember when Pillman was on the Bengals. Um, there is, uh, the Reds and Bengals local radio station is 700 WLW on, uh, AM radio and like the disc jockey, well, not disc jockeys, but like the, the sports analysis, they would go on, like they would let Pillman just come into the studio. And I remember, as a kid listening to Brian Pillman, uh, you know, during, especially during the loose cannon, uh, phase of his career, like come on and rip Bischoff apart. And, you know, I'm 10, 11, 12 at the time. And it's just like, this is real. Like Brian Pillman is, is that awesome? Like, and he's, he's from Ohio and like, he's the local guy. So 
really excited to, to see that. Um, other than that, like, I don't know. 14 episodes is a lot. So even if they do like two of them at two episodes at two, two episodes a piece, that's still like 12 topics that, that they can cover, you know, maybe, um, maybe an ECW, uh, even though we've already got like the rise and fall of ECW, um, you know, the other thing I'm thinking about, is like maybe, uh, maybe something, I mean, they've done the Von Erics, but maybe like a, a world class or, um, you know, maybe a stampede wrestling. You don't, other than hearing about Brett and the Bulldogs, you really don't hear much about stampede. So, uh, I don't, have they done the steroid trial? No, no, that would be a good one. I think that. I, I know what the stuff involving WWE directly might be a little bit harder to do, but I think that would be an interesting one. One I also thought would be interesting because it's a little bit more recent is the Hogan sex tape slash racial tirade scandal. Ooh, that'd be a good one. And again, you kind of need him there, and I can't imagine he would want to participate in that. Um, right. I think the Flair Bischoff. Um, Heat would be would be an interesting one, you know, with all like the potential lawsuits and then him eventually coming back and then the fight in WWE and stuff. Like, there's a lot there. So, Pillman, yeah, I, I agree the, though that would be that would be a fun one. What about you know this one hits close to you? I just popped, thought about this. What if they do like a, a biopic on Harley for an hour? Like talk about you know his back in the the territory days and him being such a big NWA guy and then rolling over to Vince in the early eighties and, you know, maybe talk about that and how, you know, uh, how Harley was tough as nails and, you know, he'd take out, I'm the strongest guy in the bar, you know, things like that. Oh, I would love for them to do something on Harley. I think that would be great. Um, And it's an interesting one because like they did one on the road warriors, but it wasn't like, Okay, well, Hawk had his demons, but like, I I feel like they should be almost like on a topic, if that makes sense. Like, right. Doctor D, I love that one because it was it was that slap that everyone remembers. And to me, though, it's like, okay, so who we have to figure out who this guy is to tell the reason for why this happened. So I get that, but it almost needs to have that that reason for the episode. And that's where it's like Hogan is this you know larger than life icon. You know, he he was Americana. Next thing you know, the guy who got a sex tape tape leak. Then he went on this horrible racial tirade. <coughs> Excuse me. And like WWE really couldn't touch him. And even now, I think there's some still some residual heat from that because of, of how just horrific that was. And it's just one of those things where like he was in a bad place and he said that himself. And he said some things he probably shouldn't have. I don't know how he actually felt. I mean, I'm not going to say that, oh, he's a racist because, you know, anyone can say things out of anger sometimes and not really mean them. It is what it is. But um, I think that that would be an interesting one to cover because there's probably a lot about that that a lot of people don't know. Like, because that tape was, what, five, six years old before it got released? It had been around for a while. Oh, yeah. And what's weird is the sex tape came out years before the racial tirade. So he had to know that they had that. 
Right. So again, there's a lot of there's a lot of like weird like hmm about that. I think one on Jim Hurd and WCW would be amazing just because of how much of a, a jackass I hear about him. I think just one on like Russo versus Cornette and don't put them in the same well, yeah, room, they, but like video interviews of why they basically hate each other and just kind of let pe- viewers decide which side are you on. Cause they've done that a little bit, but not fully where it's both of them. I, uh, I, I just thought of one kind of going off the Hogan, uh, maybe a uh, ultimate warrior piece because, you know, WWE brought him back and kind of whitewashed him, but they're in the early two thousands warrior used to go to universities and speak and just go on these horrible, like racist racial tirades about, you know, it's all like, it's all, it's only okay if you're white and this and that, like, did he, I didn't know that. Did he actually say that? Oh man. Yeah. Like they're, there was YouTube it or Google it warrior warrior racist rant, but he went like, he went crazy a couple times on his own YouTube channel. Like I think on a possibly like a shoot video that he did, but like um, he also, like I said, spoke at a university and just like in his own crazy warrior head, like just, like, I, I don't know, just very, said very, very racist things. And, you know, it would be, you know, WWE brought him back and whitewashed it. And I think a lot of that, you know, it can still be found, but right. they, they took a lot of that stuff down. But he, he, there for a few years, Warrior had like some crazy stuff because it was, you know, that was back in the day of like your wrestling news sites where, you know, you click the link and read, and it's like the new one. Warrior, new racist rant. You're like, oh, my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. you're the ultimate warrior. Don't say anything stupid. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's and there's probably stuff that we don't. Like, I didn't know about Herb Abrams and UWF, right, until that episode. I liked out. that one. I, I knew nothing about them either. Right. And so there's probably stuff that we don't know about, which I think would be would be a lot of fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to Season 3 of Dark Side of the Ring. It's great stuff. Absolutely. All right, what do you say we uh, dive into a little bit of toy talk here? Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your remain. Do a bit of toy talk. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your remain. Do a bit of toy talk. All right, so this week on Toy Talk, uh, a couple of uh, little topics I want to throw at you, Travis. The first one I think is... Man, it almost qualifies in that WTF category, but we got something special there. Um, the Marvel Lucha Libre Funko Pops. I did not know about these. Um, a couple of people sent them to me, like what I thought. And essentially, if you have not seen them, look them up. It's um, Lucha Libre-looking characters modeled after the famous superheroes, so like Wolverine, Iron Man, Hulk, Deadpool, the whole, the whole crew. You mean Daredevil? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I thought Deadpool was Daredevil. Ha ha ha. It's all okay. the name. It said El Chimichanga, and I'm like, oh, well, that's a dead giveaway. But hey, it's uh, all right. Like I told you, I didn't. Uh, Iron Man has blue eyes and head, and I'm like, who is this blue, yellow, and red guy? So <laughs> right. it's he's got the arc reactor on his belly, but the blue really threw me. It's it's a, it's a little different, and and you know, we were talking off air about pops and their popularity and stuff. We've actually done an energy shot about them, and 
and our, my overall thoughts on them. I feel like pops, they're still the hardcore collectors, but the trend has worn off maybe. And 2017, 2018, these are bought right away. 2020, I'm like, do I need these? Do I want these? Like, mm-hmm. and I've had that thought with, you know, I've, I've talked to you about it. I brought it up on the show. The Marvel Zombie Pops. I thought those were really cool. And I was like, man, those are fun and kind of a different thing. Hmm. But I didn't end up buying them. And these, I see these and I'm like, well, these are kind of interesting. But I don't know. I just don't see myself getting them. What, what were your thoughts when you saw them? Um, they're, they're neat looking. They're very original designs. Um, you know, I... I do like the fact that it looks like all of the bodies are original sculpts. So they, you know, Funko went all out with them. Um, the only one I would even consider buying is Spider-Man, but I'm a huge Spider-Man mark. And like in Sp- Spider-Man's origin and mythos, he was a professional wrestler. Oh, so that's a good point. Yeah. So was he a luchador? No, but if you, if Spider-Man took place in Mexico city or Tijuana, then yes, absolutely. He was a luchador, not a wrestler in New York city. So like, that's the only one that I'm really considering just, and that's going to be, if I see it. And then honestly, like, because it's Spider-Man, um, I'm sure he's going to be there a while. And then it's going to be, well, how long is it till Walmart throws this on the clearance for like, five bucks right and pick it up that way like this isn't something that i'm going to you know in my legwork or toy spotting that i am you know where you and i shoot text messages back and forth like hey man i i found these marvel legends or i found this elite you know back and forth of what we found or you know hey joe classified or motu i'm not going to send you a text message and be like dude if you see spider-man the luchador pop, you have to get it for me because I can't find it. Like right. this is going to be, I'm going to see it and I know I'm going to pick it up, look at it. And like, if it's payday and I got some extra on my commission, you know, 10 bucks, I'm, I'm going to get it. But honestly, like, I think I'm just going to wait for it to clearance and, and it's no disrespect to it, but that's just where I'm, where I'm at with it. Like I want it. And it's kind of cool with the Spider-Man mythos, but like, I can definitely wait because there are other, other figures, other toys that I would rather get instead of grabbing this, opening it, putting it on my random Spider-Man memorabilia shelf and never touching it again for 10 years. I'm pretty much right there with you. And I, I, like I said, I think it's a cool idea, but I'm like, "Mm," you know, I think I just... Pops just don't quite interest me like they used to. And a lot of people said that would happen. I kind of thought, oh, no way, because they're going to make all these new characters. And they did, but still, they just kind of they kind of fell by the wayside. Um, some other interesting news. AEW showed uh, mock, or not AEW, Jazzwares did, showed mock images, mint on card if you're not a collector, of AEW Unrivaled Series 2, um, which we also got to see the first glimpse of the, the Chase exclusives of John Moxley and... Which is kind of a fun one. He's got the inner circle and the champagne bottles. And MJF, who is just in pink trunks in this one. And it looks like he's got an extra hand with a ring on the finger, which is kind of a, a nice touch. 
overall, I think Series 2 is probably better figure-wise than Series 1. I think that Dustin Rhodes is amazing. I never really felt the need to get a Dean Ambrose figure, but that John Moxley looks great. The Pentagon and Ray Phoenix are amazing. MJF is awesome. Hangman Page looks awesome. I, I like the whole set, man. I I do too. I, uh, I I'll be the first one to admit this. Like, I don't know why they do this, but their their prototypes look a hundred times better than what we see uh, for the Menton card and the. Like, even in the stores, you know, you and I talked about, like, how, man, these look good. and But the thing is, because these are so stinking hard to find. Yeah. Like, when you find them, you're like, I've got to get them because I honestly don't think I'm ever going to be able to find a restock of these. So, it's like, do, do you put aside your your grievances and your nitpicks just because... Holy crap, I found them. Because right. you and I have talked about this. Other than that, like, late June, early July release, when they botched the release date, like, neither of us have seen uh, AEW Series 1. Um, you know, I've talked to Eric uh, from Doing the Favor. He lives over an hour uh, west of being Columbus, and he hasn't seen any either. So it's like... I'm excited. Um, personally, I'm more excited for the Super 7 Lucha Brothers because I, I, I know those are going to be awesome. But I, I am at least going to get MJF and Dustin because um, Dustin's figures always look good. And like I want a rookie figure uh, of MJF to where if I ever see him at a, a local show where he comes around for a signing would love to get, get that signed for sure. And, you know, I, I kind of agree. Like the, the AEW figures have not, it's like they turned up and like turned up like with good amounts and then they all just kind of disappeared. And I remember seeing on a couple of different Walmarts when I bought what I needed, I remember seeing the, um, the big like displays Right, like, with oh, the couple. UFC at the bottom and belt, the belts and UFC at the bottom. And yeah, the and I'd see AEW a couple figures taken here and there, but nothing crazy. And then all of a sudden, they put them on the regular shelf, and then like the next day, they were all gone, like all of them. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess those went and haven't seen a restock. And so, yeah, it kind of makes me curious how this line's going to go. But I think overall, like there's some there's some nitpicky things, and like you said, the prototypes do look a little bit better than the. Uh, the final products, which I think can be annoying at times, but hopefully moving forward, they'll be able to address that and make each new wave a little bit better. Right. And a hangman. This is our first hangman figure. Sure, so yeah. like I, I've always been a, a big hangman guy back from the, his ROH days and the bullet club days. So like my excitement is there. I, I wish, I wish they were more readily available. At least peg warmers. Like I'd love to see, you know, a Kenny peg warmer just to know that hey, they're at least getting restocked. Because as of now, like they're not getting restocked. And if Jeremy gets what he wants, like you guys had talked about, where they're going to release a series every month for a year, like 
I, I don't know how that's even possible, but get them out there, get them in our hands. And I know that a lot of the listeners and a lot of people in the, the fig life community are going to, going to buy them just because they're, they're good figures. Yeah. And, and I think it'll like once, once it kind of levels out a little bit, they'll have a better understanding. And here's the thing. Like they'll make another Kenny. They'll make another set of young bucks. Cody will get another figure. Like, so, but it is kind of one of those things when you want the first wave and you can't find them. That does suck. I get that. But I think all these guys will see multiple figures. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a repaint of somebody in series three. Oh, I, I didn't. I, I listened to like a lot of the, the podcast, but didn't Jeremy say that he wants to bump it up like distribution from the series from like six to eight? So like that could be two repaints and six new figures or three repaints and five new figures. Like I, I seem to recall hearing that on, you know, somewhere uh, or in my news somewhere. Yeah, he may have. I don't know that. I mean, I, I personally don't hate repaints because I think sometimes when it's a tight week, it's it's tough to pick up six figures, you know, and. So if it's just two in the wave that you need, that's a little bit easier to come by. And, you know, I'll be honest. I remember when I was younger and I was collecting bone crunchers, <clears throat> I had enough money when Series 3 came out to get three of them, and I couldn't get the fourth one. So I passed on Sid and got Bulldog, Mankind, and Ahmed Johnson. And then Sid was released and re-released in Series 5, but this time in the black trunks, which is what I remember him wearing more. So I like – so, like, it kind of worked out. You know what I mean? I was able to pick it up then, but – Oh yeah. So, I think repaints are a good idea. I I don't like when it's a full set of figures. I don't really want, but I think when you can kind of change it up and stuff, that's always a good thing. Oh yeah, and it's wrestling in 2020 where they have extravagant, uh, right? Like in different attires all the time instead of, you know, uh, I'll use Hogan as an example. Hogan just wore yellow yellow tights, yellow boots, red knee pads. You know, like there weren't many that strayed from their traditional. So, you know, throw them in there every once in a while because, you know, let's see the detail and, you know, make, take, take those figures up uh, to the next level. For sure, man. Well, we got, we're kind of running over on time here, but we got one more WT, one more story. It's a WTF story. We got to dive into it. So what do you say? We, uh, we talk about it here. Let's do it. Well, in my world, the world of 10,000 lakes here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I am the governor, I see a lot of things that make you say WTF. A lot of things that make you go off the grid, from alien invasions at Area 51 to all kind of conspiracy theories. I'm the governor, this is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, and these are things that make you say WTF. Back to you, Gino Monsoon. All right, thanks, Governor. Shout out to the go. You're really nailing those Bane lines. He's going to be impressed, Travis. I mean, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. It always, always is. Well, this story you uh, you did bring to me. I had seen it already, but I it, it, I wouldn't have thought to put it in the WTF story, but it is pretty inter- entertaining. And this takes place in, it looks like, what, 88 maybe? And... Um, it was early, early Akeem, who was actually going by Hakeem. So they obviously had not finalized the character yet. And it's a WWF show, and I think it was in Italy. Is that right? 
I think so. Um, and uh, you're right, it takes place in 1988. I'm looking at it right now. And I think the reason that I saw it is it took place on October 16th, 1988. So sometime within the week, like it got reposted on my timeline somewhere because it happened this week in uh, wrestling. Right. And uh, like you said, it's got Hakeem and it's got uh, King Harley Race taking on B. Brian Blair and JYD. And this is when they both were in the Heenan family right. at the time. Right. And so, of course, you know, as we know, McKeem came out to that classic Jive Soul Bro song, which I believe, I don't know if that's slick singing or it's supposed to sound like slick, but it's the oh, song it's I always, slick. yeah, I always associate it with slick. And so, you know, Akeem's coming out doing his Akeem dance and Harley is, as you put it, shucking and, and jiving with him and super uncharacteristic of Harley. So I think that's why everyone got a big chuckle out of it because it's like, what the hell? And I kind of associate it as it's in Italy. It's clearly some international tour. Guys have fun. You know, they do it on live events all the time. You've heard a lot of Owen Hart stories. They would do things because no one's going to see it besides the live audience. So why not? And I think that's what uh, that's what Harley was thinking. Now, oddly enough, had he still been alive, I'm very curious his reaction because I would have definitely shown him this. And... Um, and just kind of, if I was still around, to see what he would say, because I think that's hilarious. But um, that's definitely a uh, a find, that's for sure, because I I would have never dreamed to see the boss dancing to Jive Soul Bro in 2020, but it happened. And he was smiling. Oh, and yeah, like, he was having a good time. If, if you look it up on YouTube, it's like it's Brian Blair and JYD uh, versus Akeem and Harley Race. And, like, the thing is, like, it's not just Harley like jiving down to the ring. Like he makes a whole lap around the ring and does it. Like it's it's a scene. Like I've only met Harley once, and like even at the time, Harley was just as straight laced and you know as Harley as as he can be. You know, you were around him well more than I was, but just seeing him like just doing it and let alone having a good time. It, I feel like I got a glimpse of like possibly the real Harley that, that like that, that he was like, not like Harley around the boys instead of the Harley that, that, that we see all the time. Yeah. And, and I think it's just kind of a fun thing to remember him by, you know, because it's like, to me, when I see guys out there having fun, it's hard for that not to be contagious, and you enjoy it as well. So, it was it was a cool thing to see for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, as I about choke, I think we need to get John Webb on the show. Let's talk with him, and then me and Travis will be back to close it up. Let's do it. It's time. For the interview segment on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. And I am being joined here all the way from the St. Louis area. He's a former WLW world champion, 
the first ever WLW Junior Heavyweight Champion and a uh, former WLW Tag Team Champion. In fact, you actually might even be the current WLW Tag Champion. Is that correct? Goddamn right it is, pal. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Talking to John Webb. John, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? It's been a while, man. I know. I think we were we were talking the other day, and it's been like two years since since we did this. Yeah, thereabouts. I mean, maybe not to the exact month, but roughly two years. Now, what's even crazier is, you know, that that conversation, if you remember right, we were talking about like you going and wrestling in Italy and stuff like that. And since then, you like the whole world has changed, obviously. And you have a daughter now. Like, that's that's crazy, man. I know. Well, I can't believe, first off, it's been almost two years since I've let all your listeners down with conversation. and. <laughs> Um, <laughs> your dreams have been answered everybody <laughs> um yeah yeah it's crazy we uh we we did it italy that trip was great um while i was there i got to i got to wrestle for um iwa italy and actually beat uh kareem brigante for the iwa title and brought it back with me so that was kind of cool um you know i had uh, simultaneously defending the WLW title, which I had put out a tweet that um, it, it was kind of cool to be on such a short list of guys that have got to do that. Absolutely. Um, just just as a little uh, a little notch for myself, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, well, probably the first time ever in Italy. I mean, I know it's been defended in Japan, but definitely not in Italy. Yeah, no, never, never in Italy. Um, it was cool, man. It was. That's a that's a story there. That was something. Um, but we get there, and and I don't remember if I was texting you. I know I was talking to uh, Gamble, and I was talking to Dan Geyer and a couple people. Um, but we get there, and the venue backed out on us. I do remember that. Yeah, you did tell me about that. And then, so it turned into an outside show, and it was about, I don't know, probably... 105 out during the day oh that's just and perfect wrestling weather right it was fucking miserably warm but it was fun the whole experience was fun and you know fortunately for me you know being with with harleys and wlw a lot of the guys from italy have came over and trained with us so i already had a good relationship with a lot of the guys and, and was friends with a lot of them so the whole the whole thing was fun well, I think just um, doing stuff internationally like that is is such a such a break from the norm, and it kind of helps open up that whole uh, perspective of, you know, tr I mean, obviously wrestling different areas is always good, but this is a completely different area, possibly a different style, you know, definitely a different language. So um, definitely always fun to kind of go out of your comfort zone like that. Yeah, well, and it, what was cool about it was they they have a lot of really good guys over there. And I think a lot of guys that have a lot of potential to do something cool. I hope that, uh, I hope that the, the wrestling spotlight can, can hit that area a little more. Sure. Um, cause yeah, they, they, they have a lot of good guys and, and it was fun. Um, but yeah, we got back and we, uh, decided we was going to have us a little baby. And then we did that. And she actually just turned a year old, uh, so it's been fun, man. Well, and this is going to probably blow your mind, you know, tells you how long I've actually seen you in person because I have never even seen your baby. 
I know, and I that sucks. What are you doing with your life over there? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just having so much fun. I can't can't even step away for a minute. Uh, actually, the last time I saw you guys was December of like 2018. Um, just, I mean, it was a brief like we all had dinner together, and it was fun, but it was a very brief like time. You know, Elvis came down from uh, from Minnesota, and you guys came up from from Troy, and um, yeah, it was just a it was a quick little thing, but it, it was cool to get everyone back together because. It's one of those things like I always I always look at like um the group is kind of like the kids from the sandlot where you're all together and then slowly everyone kind of goes their own way and you don't really think about it until you're all away and it's just like wow I haven't seen those guys in a long time. Yeah, yeah, especially with the amount of time that we used to spend together. Sure. I mean, there was there was a good chunk of time there where I mean, aside from hanging out on the off days and seeing each other at training. We were also just hanging out on the weekend, whether we were doing something or just literally just sitting in a gamble's living room, hanging out. Like, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird change from where it used to be just because of life. I don't know. It's weird. No, yeah, and you're right. And I think a lot of that, you know, being in Missouri and stuff, and um, of course I, I never was in Troy, but, you know, when I was in Eldon, it was kind of like that because there was not much to do, you know. So if you had an opportunity to go do something fun, you really had to jump on that because you didn't know if that was going to come again. So even things like going and bowling or uh, laser tag or some of the stuff we did at Eldon, I mean, those are those are highlights. You know, those were really fun times. And or like you said, getting everyone together and uh, watching the Royal Rumble or something like that was just—it was a fun time, and it's kind of—it's kind of one of those weird things. Like uh, I saw someone put on Facebook the other day, like you know, one day everybody, all all the neighborhood kids, that was their last day to play together, but no one realized it. And I feel like that's kind of how that crew was because we had a bunch of good guys, and then it was just like one day, little by little, they all kind of leave. And you're like, oh, we'll all be in touch. And you are to a degree, but it's not the same as when you see each other every day. Right. Well, and uh, like, here's a question for you. Uh, I'm kind of curious on, uh, you know, family aside and the fact that Missouri sucks aside. Like, are you like, were you excited to go back to Oklahoma? Like, do you like it there? Or were, was that just like, that's that's where I'm from. That's home. Well, so that's the thing. Um, when I was released from NXT, I had a decision I had to make very quickly, and that was either stay there and renew my lease in like two months or move back to Oklahoma. So everyone – I was living in Tampa, and I really liked Tampa a lot. I liked the town. I liked really everything about it. But everybody there that was still under contract – was moving to Orlando. That's like almost two hours away, about an hour and a half or so. So I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, if I stay here, I had a guy that I knew that was going to line me up with a job that was probably going to pay about what I was making. So I was like, okay, well, I'm good there. And so I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, do I stay here? But I'm like, I literally know nobody. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of make friends and meet people and all that kind of stuff, but it's still, it's that weird, like, I don't know anybody, you know, and everyone I know is leaving. Even if they were around, they're going to be so busy with, you know, doing stuff with NXT, they won't have they won't have time to do anything, right? So it'll be basically be my by myself. So, and then my lease was going to go up. That kind of made me think like, okay, well what do I do? 
And it was pretty much like, I'm like, well, I'm not moving back to Eldon. I just don't want to do that. So I just, I moved back home. And it was kind of one of those things like, well, I'll figure it out when I get there. And then it's a weird, it's a weird thing how your life kind of just happens. And, you know, I spent actually a lot of time from that point trying to figure out my life. You know what I mean? Like, and that, as you know, you were a part of this, trying to get to Japan again. That was a big thing there. And it got to go a couple more times, but didn't work out like I wanted to. And, you know, so it's like, okay, well, I'll wrestle for fun because that's what I always do. That's what we always do is we wrestle. And then I kind of got burnt out on that. And it was just like, okay, this is not going anywhere. What do I do? And it kind of almost was until I found this job that I have now where I actually was making decent money. And I was able to, you know, get a new car. And now I have a house. And so it's like little things have kind of taken place. I have the podcast, which this for me more than anything was about a creative outlet. You know, it was something that I can do for fun. I can look forward to. So it's hard to say, like, did I expect to end up here? I don't know if I really thought about it. It just, it kind of all happened, you know? And I think that's sometimes how life is. You are in a situation. And like I said, I love Tampa and I thought about staying there and I thought, okay, but literally I will know nobody. And I'm sure I would have met people, but then again, it's like, I don't know about you. I don't really hang out with the people I work with. So, you know, it's that weird, it's that weird dichotomy. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but it's, it's kind of a hard thing to, to just say like, Oh, this is exactly what I was going to do. Cause I always hear people, they always say the thing of like, I know exactly what I want. I'm like, no, you don't. Nobody knows exactly what they want. That's part of living life as you figure it out. Well, yeah, because I mean, I can use myself in that. Like I say mentally, like, I know what I want. I, w- I want to go back to Japan. I want, you know, that's what I want. But then, I mean, you know, the dynamic changes, you know, as your life changes. And so we just went on vacation um, not long ago. And our daughter stayed with my mom and my sister. And it was like, as fun as it was, it also sucked being away from her. Sure. So then to, to pile being away from her and my wife all at the same time. I don't know that I would like it. I don't know that that's what I would want anymore. So like I'm torn in that realm of like, I kind of want to just take them there on a vacation. Sure. Because that might get me that way. Yeah. Because that might get me the same. uh, I don't know. Result. I get. I don't know. It's weird. Life's weird. No, you're 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 not wrong at all. And that's the thing is like you know the last two times you went, it was for three months. That's a very long period of time, and that's one of those things where if like that same deal that was offered to you the first two times is offered again, maybe it's not as good as it seemed. You know, like now right. with, your, well, with your circumstances being different, and I don't know. And not like even I said, that, but being gone a week. I'm sorry. We, go ahead. Being gone a week, like. She popped in more teeth and like sure. started walking. Like she had walked before we left, but not very good. But then you know we're we're gone a week and we come back and it's like, well, you're a little person now. How about that? Yeah, yeah. It's it definitely um, it changes perspectives for sure. Now we got we got to touch on on this. Um, obviously, when I I made I've talked about this many of times on here, but. I kind of made a decision months ago that I was like, I'm not going to talk about the pandemic because it's depressing, but right. it's affected our lives in such a way. It's kind of hard not to talk about. 
Um, as we record this now, it's September. Not much has really changed. Um, what was that like for you when kind of because you're 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 still pretty active in the wrestling business, especially with WLW. What was that like for you when all of a sudden it's like, well, we're not running shows and there's no end in sight, and everyone's kind of trying to find an alternative. Uh, for me, physically, I was like, hey, this is cool because uh, I haven't slowed down with WLW. I have with a lot of the other places I was working for. Um, again, just life. That's kind of what falls into the category of maybe a cop out to some people. I don't know, but it just is what it is. Priorities, right, pal? Um, Absolutely. So I know personally, my my old shoot job, we got way busier. So I was working like 70 hours a week, right. if not more. Um, That's like two full-time jobs right there. Yeah, I know. It sucked. But <laughs> yeah, it was there. also really cool when I got paid. So Absolutely. <laughs> um, not not a lot's changed for me. This The, the precautions that WLW has been taking with shows... Um, I know, like, the we, we had one, was it last Saturday? Uh, it was an outdoor show at a bar, and I know they were, like, selling tables. So, like, if me, you, Gamble, Josh, and Dave wanted to go see a show, like, we could buy a table together, just the five of us. Right. And the tables were spaced out. You know, it was, I thought it was kind of a cool, cool thing. Um, it's it's a pretty solid uh, compromise, I think. I yeah, I think so. Um, the 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 hard part, I think, for some people to get around, and I don't know, it just kind of is what it is. You can't you can't force people to wear the masks and stuff. I mean, especially whenever you look at running a show at another business, you know, it's not it's not really your rules at that point. Um, and I know some fans weren't weren't fond of that and decided not to come because the the mask rule wasn't being enforced, which it is what it is. If that if they didn't feel comfortable, that's fine. But I mean it's kinda hard to force people to do something that isn't like state or, you know, nationwide mandated because and that's, I think, been a struggle with a lot of people because you have, not to get political or anything, but you have the anti-maskers and then you have the pro-maskers. And and it's like, last I checked, this isn't a law yet, right? So right. like if you're in a business, like Walmart can say, hey, to come in, you have to wear a mask. And it's like, well, it's their business. But outdoors, I don't know what else you can really do. And that's just me. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure the exact right answer. Neither am I. I don't know that anybody is, to be fair, but... Um. Yeah, the the precautions are there. We we've done a couple shows. Um, the shows are even being spaced out a little more. We'll, we're socially distancing our shows from one another. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you know. Aside from just not running shows, what more we could do to to make it as safe as possible and to pe- put people's minds at ease more than what we're already doing. Well, it's funny because I know, um, and you'll you'll probably get a chuckle out of this. I had heard, you know, because you hear so many different things, right? I heard in the in the beginning, people in Oklahoma were like, "Okay, how are we going to get to shows again? Like, how? Like, what's the 
what's the right answer to get to running shows again? And I heard like the one of the things was like, okay, we well, can run an indoor show, but no more than a hundred fans. And I'm like, you obviously haven't been to an independent show in Oklahoma because <laughs> that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's like, okay, come on. Like, that's just, it kind of makes me laugh. But, but then I, you know, I hear like how, if you, uh, if you think about like any independent wrestling show you've done at a bigger venue when it's only two or 300 people, it's kind of always an awkward feeling anyway, because people generally don't sit right next to each other, right? They, they kind of social distance anyway. Same with a movie theater, you know, like. I don't know about you, but like if you buy movie tickets now and like you can pick your seats, you don't pick the ones right next to the, <laughs> the guy that <laughs> bought one. Like you know, you don't sit right next to the guy. You you set a row down, two or three seats away. Like that's just natural human nature. So I, like, I don't know. It doesn't like, surprise I don't know what... me that Oklahoma wrestlers would be that way. Don't get me wrong. Like there's a there's a handful that I've met that I I genuinely like, but I mean as a whole, I think. Oklahoma is probably one of the worst states I've wrestled in. I mean, for, you want to talk about guys in wrestling that like think they're good and they're really not that great. You guys got them. Oh, you, you got a slew do. of them. And, you know, I think a lot of that has been the lack of, how do I want to put this? The lack of like, telling people no you can't wrestle until you get better like you need to train yeah. you need to do all these things and i mean there are some guys here that have improved like immensely um but then there's also a lot that are not very good and i still see them booked certain places and you know i've always kind of just been like i don't i don't get that like it's not to me it's not that hard to not book terrible people <laughs> you know so <laughs> i don't know i just kind of I just kind of told my head. About, I don't know. I don't want to just sit here and throw shade at Oklahoma the whole time, but I think that there, there's two things I've noticed about uh, wrestlers from Oklahoma: is one, if they're really worth it, they leave. True, it, or or they try to leave. They they do their best to to get away. Or I think a good example there is Dmitry Alexandrov, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of them. Right? He, where he went to Texas. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you just pay for pay your way to get places. Like that's that's a common thing. I think. Um, well, we we knew a guy that did that too. I mean, I don't want to mention his name because I'm not a fan, but a Missouri guy that was paying to go places and paying for YouTube views and things like that. And I think mm-hmm. Elvis Aliaga still holds a grudge against that idiot. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things I think in this day and age where, um, I think money's always been, um, relevant to, to getting places regardless of the business. But I just think it's funny when I know like wrestler, a paid for everything on their own, but mm-hmm. then walks around with their head up, like everyone that deserved to be there like yeah. that. That's funny. So here's a story, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name because he is not worth it, but he was wrestling at one of the lower-end shows in this area, and what he would do is he would have a lot of people come and buy tickets, like probably 30 people. And when you have a crowd of 60 people, 30 people is pretty noticeable, right? Right. And what he would do is if he was not the main event, 
he would tell them all to leave after his match. So the whole crowd empties. And and so what does a promoter do? Instead of saying, like, okay, you're not booked on any more shows ever. You're a piece of crap. Get out of the business. He makes him a main eventer. Of course. You know, and, and that's just, that's a, that's a, I know we're kind of getting off, like, the initial topics here, but that's just such a, it's such a terrible thing to, uh, to see in this industry. Well, and, you know, that that's what sucks about it. That's why, like, there's so many guys I know and that, that, that think without a shadow of a doubt they are just, they should be places, they should have made it, they should, you know, but people just didn't give them the chance. But it's like, if that's the case, like, were you really that good? I, I can only think of a handful of guys um, just off the top of my head that were really that good that may not have ever gotten a real shot and that it's unfortunate. But each of those guys are in very good places in their life right now within the wrestling world. You One guy somebody I, I like, know that you have to be talking about is Steve Anthony, right? Oh, yeah. I remember that camp you were like, Anthony. like, this guy's awesome, you know? Um, Like, look at Adam Pierce. Like, right. Pierce was awesome for whatever fucking reason. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. Um, Steve Anthony. Yeah. Steve is probably one of the better examples of just a mind boggling. How did this guy not make it? Like, right. I still don't even understand it. Not something like, e- even if it was like a brief, whatever, like how did it not happen? You know, it's yeah. unbelievable. So, you, you know, you see guys and, you know, just being in the business, you know guys like that. And then for all these other jack-offs to run around like they're great. And I'm not saying I'm great. I don't want that to be the to be the thing there. But I also didn't pay to go do any of the things I got to do. So Yeah. And, and you do see it a lot. I mean, it's just at the same time, like, I think this day and age, like the whole landscape of wrestling has probably changed so much. That if someone were to ask me, like, hey, I want to get to Japan, what's the best way of doing it? I don't know if I would know what to tell them anymore, you know? And not that's not to say, like, I'm going to give you bad advice. I legit have no idea what the right answer is because... Pay, pay for it yourself. I mean, that's all... I, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's probably the only way it's going to happen, right? I mean, unless you just happen to be around the right person and the right company that wants to spend money on you. But at the same time, well, it's safer bet for that company to spend money on someone who's got a name. So maybe go develop a name and then try. Well, and that's kind of the thing, right? So I don't know how many guys that I knew just through wrestling that had done one of Harley's camps and, you know, called me, text me, talked to me at a show before and was like, what do I need to do? And my answer is always the same to these guys is here's, here's what you have to look at. Who's here? Pro Wrestling Noah. Who did they bring this year? Ishimori. Okay. You're my size, maybe a little bigger. You're a quote-unquote high flyer. Here's what I want to know is, are you more incredible than Ishimori? Do you look better than him? Can you do the things he can do? Because he's a freak of nature. Right. Right? If you can't, don't embarrass yourself by trying it. 
because what they want to see is if you can work. Can you work? Can you put on a headlock correctly? Can you bump clean? Can, you know, that's what they care about. Because if you go in there trying to flip around and you look like a dipshit, they're not going to want you. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. It, you know, it would be no different. We, I, I think everyone could agree that uh, Will Ospreay is probably one of the best high flyers that has been in wrestling. If you were going to do one of his seminars, I, in a million years, would never try to do the shit he could do, A, because I can't, and B, because I'm I'm not going to impress him with it. Right. Unless, you know, you're maybe Ricochet. He might have been able, you know, to do something like that. But, man, it, it, it just goes to show how much people don't understand the significance of the situations that they can find themselves in. And they blow it themselves, not even realizing it, because they couldn't just do the basics. Right. And and that's all they that's all they want. Well, it's almost like um, you know, you ask somebody uh, to count back change, and they hand you a math book. It's like, right? That's not what I'm after. You know, like you need to, <laughs> like I don't need to. You know, I just want to see if you can do this. You know, so. Uh, we're we're about to wrap up part one here, John. But uh, you actually told me before we recorded you had a couple of questions you wanted to throw at me. So now's your chance, man. Go for it. Okay, so so this is going to be all personal opinion. You just just a little back and forth here. Um, in your opinion, best kicks in wrestling. Best kicks. Ooh, I have to go with Ultimo Dragon. I actually tweeted this earlier. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Nakajima. Yeah, okay, yeah. He would be hard with the, to deny, but um, um, yeah. I mean, Nakajima's a solid answer there, yeah, for sure. Best seller. Hmm. That's, man, that, that's so, that's so tough because people always talk about like, uh, like Ricky Morton, right? He's like kind of everyone's go-to answer because he draws sympathy. But then you have guys like Mr. Perfect, who he kind of just sold all over the place. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's the best. That was just like his personal style. Um, man, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a that's a hard one to actually just to put into to categorize as just one person. I don't know. Let me go back to that one. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll answer it. And maybe it'll give you give you a little help. I think for me, I would have to go with uh steamboat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's awesome for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think he would be, he would be up there. Um, for me personally, um, you were number one Japanese. Marfuji. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I think there's, there's some big arguments there whenever you look at, uh, Misawa, Kobashi, Tawe, like any of uh, what most people's answers would be. But the, the thing that gets me with Marfuji over uh, everyone, I think, is innovation. Yeah, and the fact that he's still so good, even in his later years. You know, I mean, not even his later years. He's still not even that old of a guy, but he's been going for such a long time. And he's a guy that's it's crazy to me that a huge worldwide audience really has probably not seen him yet because he's absolutely one of the best 
Um, favorite from Mexico. Ooh. Hmm. Man, that's the thing is I'm not super like familiar with a lot of current day luchadors. So I have to kind of go back to like people from back in the day. Um, I mean, Rey Mysterio obviously comes to mind for everybody right away. I'm just, I'm trying not to go that route. Um, I was always a huge psychosis fan. I always thought he was really good. See, I have to go with Mysterio, even though it's like the generic answer because yeah, that's uh, that's who you think of, right? That well, it's our generation, yeah, and that's that was an inspiration. So I have to go that way. Um, best heel, best heel. So that's such a tough question because to me, like the best heel is someone who's just like super good at what they do and oftentimes nowadays most heels turn to baby faces because they're good at being heels right people cheer mm-hmm. them because it's like man you're such a good heel um and i feel like that's such a um that's such a tough like category um i always liked rick flair as a heel you know and i, I wasn't a huge fan of him as a baby face but him as a heel he was great because he was he made you hate him, but you were also kind of more than anything you were jealous of him. You know what I mean? Like he's not talking about being um, this tough sob or I'm gonna you know kick your ass, but he's basically just being like I've got a thousand women waiting for me. I got you know the beautiful hair, the beautiful robes. It's kind of like you're kind of jealous of him, but he's letting you know how good he is. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with heel Owen. Uh, Owen's great. Love the Owen. Heel Owen was amazing. So I'll, I'll hit you with one more. Uh, we'll go U.S. domestic. Um, biggest influence on the business? Uh, it's that, to me, the biggest influence on the business has got to be Stone Cold Steve Austin because he was, to me, a part of a huge cultural shift of what pro wrestling was. Because if he had come around in like 94... WWE wasn't ready for him there, you know, like they weren't ready for the beers, the middle fingers and all that stuff. Like his personality was still there, but all that stuff just accentuated him. And I feel like what Vince has always done is he builds his company around who his top guy is. So Hogan is white meat, baby face, screaming, yelling, crazy looks on his face, mustache, ripping the shirt off. Everyone's kind of character based, right? Your top heels are big monsters, you know. Um, everyone's got a thing. Austin changed that, and all of a sudden, he's he he's your number one baby face, but is the biggest heel pretty much that there is. But kind of like anti in every way, right? But it's like, like who would not to this day want to be like, you want me to whip Vince's ass? Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah! Like, everybody's going to be all about that because of who he is. But I think that also led to, like, kind of what the Attitude Era became and all of those guys changing those characters up and becoming a little bit darker or edgier or whatever it might have been. So I think as far as the impact that he had, like, Raw before Steve Austin was not live every week. You know, they weren't doing three-hour pay-per-views once a month. It was... The, you know, it was the 
five pay-per-views a year and then the, the in your houses which were like cheaper in two hours austin in my opinion changed the business so much and revolutionized it so well and so quickly that it completely changed the way things are done you know and and that's something that he probably will never get as much credit as he deserves because he became a household name and the biggest name in the industry and was completely different than anyone that came before him. Yep. I could not agree more with that. But then again, you look at the rock, he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood. So how do you not say him? Right. Uh, because I think when you, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a wrestling related, uh, concept sure. or, or question. So, I mean, could you argue the rock? I think the argument might be there, um, to a degree, but, but does the rock become uh, a star without stone cold? No, I don't think so. Not as, not as big as one as quick as he did. Right. Yeah, it's that's definitely interesting. So let me go back to sellers. Um, so actually, I'm going to throw you a different answer here, but I've always liked his selling because it was always believable to me. Uh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley had a very interesting way of drawing sympathy because he did not look like he belonged in there, especially the eras that he was in with his body type. But the way he took a beating, you, he always drew sympathy. Always. And I, to me, I, I look at selling as drawing sympathy. Making people feel sorry, making people be like, "Oh God, you know, like I don't want him to get hurt." Like that was Owen Hart, and uh, or not Owen Hart. I'm sorry, Mankind, McFoley. He just he had that about him, and I think again he's under underappreciated in that category. Uh, yeah, I think all around probably for him. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's take a break here, and if you're cool with it, we'll have you back on for part two. Cool, man. And we're back. <laughs> We're back, man. You're nailing all the lines, Travis. I dig it. <laughs> I like I said, like I, I, you can call me Tane Breaker and Tane. I don't know. I don't know if that would be one I would go with, but <laughs> <laughs> big, big underscore Trav. I don't know. You know, listeners, if you if you've got something for me for my at next episode at seven hundred and uh, four. Right. Which is another, or 702, which is another 351 episodes from now. Uh, hit him up, Twitter. Uh, Especially Instagram. you, Big Chuck. I know you got an opinion about it. Absolutely, Big Chuck. Because, yeah. uh, you know, Tier 1 over here doesn't just make pastries anymore. I make potato soup. I make lasagna. Like, uh, I've surpassed you there, Big Chuck. He surpassed you. He's coming for you. Well, we gotta, we're going to kind of run short on time, so I'm going to skip the chalk line this week because they didn't have a ton of reveals to really go over. But I do want to talk PHPW, uh, Power Hour Pro Wrestling, Episode 3 dropped this week. Travis, unfortunately, I mean, you obviously already know this, but you were knocked out of the tournament in the first round by Mike the Cleaner. It's a bitter pill to swallow. But that, that I mean that's not the end of the world, right? So we saw the semifinals no. take place, and we now know what our tournament final is going to be. We do, you know, being the number one draft pick, there's a lot on me. There's a lot of stress. I've been losing sleep. I've been doing press. Like it just was a long night. Like I, you know, I didn't do my calisthenics. Like I didn't do my jumping jacks, my squats, or anything like that. Um, but 
you know, I was out here doing what I can, hitting the streets, like making sure that the that PHPW gets the proper promotion that it needs because your, your number one draft pick cares that much for the company. So, which we definitely appreciate. And you know, before too long, we're going to start making announcements for. Ghosts, Goblins, and Grapple Holds, our first pay-per-view event that doesn't actually cost any money. Um, we just call it a pay-per-view because that's what you call big shows now, right? I mean, they're just they're pay-per-views, even though... Exactly. Yeah. Like, Because if we you say know what? big event or special event, it doesn't feel the same. It's a no, pay-per-view. It, right. Like, Bane needs to... Like, what, what we need to do in honor of pay-per-view back in the day is, like, maybe the first hour or so, like release it in scramble vision to where we can only hear the audio <laughs> right. like back in the day. And then, and then release it for, you know, our Coliseum home video with maybe some extra clips thrown in here and there. Like you never know what's going to happen in PHPW guys. Well, Todd Pentengill, I mean, well, he's not a part of this. I don't want to say that, but I would love for him <laughs> to, to be on the Coliseum video, which was released in three to six months. So, but, um, we we now know the main event will be Jordan Zeilinger versus Soda Hunter for the PHPW title at Ghost Goblins and Grapple Holds. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, unbiased. I didn't expect Jordan to be in the finals. I I wholeheartedly agree. Like I said, it's uh, you know Jordan came out with a bang. If you go back and watch that first episode, the very first move in PHPW history was a running super kick. Yeah. And just caught everybody by surprise. Like, and then uh, he's got his MMA. He's been pulling out submissions. Like, I, I, I don't go out on a limb very often, but uh, I'm going to put my money on Jordan's Islander to uh, be be the first champion. It could happen. It could happen. That that'll be coming up. So PHPW, um, I, I will highly recommend. I feel like episode four is where we catch our stride. Now that the tournament's kind of essentially, I mean, it's not wrapped up. We still have the finals left, but the undercard of the tournament's done. We're going to see on week four, we're going to see some people debut. We're going to see some things happen on episode four, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I think everyone will enjoy it, so get ready for that. It's up early, two days early on Patreon, and then drops for everybody on Thursday. Um, So get ready. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super looking forward to that. And then October 31st at 7 p.m. will be the premiere of Ghosts, Goblins, and Grapple Holds. So look forward to that as well. Well, Breaker, I got a question for you. Shoot. Hey, Breaker, you ever been in a bear hug? <laughs> um, I have. Mason Ryan put me in a bear hug once, and um, it was not fun. <laughs> okay. Hey, Breaker, you ever been in a sharpshooter? I have been in a sharpshooter, and it sucks, let me tell you. Uh, our faithful PHPW watchers and listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. Because yeah, uh, it's kind of an ongoing gag of where I just ask Bane on the commentary, "Hey, have you ever, uh, you ever been pushed off the top rope?" Uh, no, I have not. It, well, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we gotta we gotta throw it out to our uh, our podcasting buddies, Travis. I know you know a lot of these guys. I'm gonna kind of go through them quickly here. I don't want to go over. If I go over on time too much, Big Underscore Bane will be mega pissed. But uh, so I'll, we got fully. I'll never posable, be asked Jeff, back again. <laughs> fully posable, the wrestling figure podcast with Jeff and Scott, dropping a new show every Sunday. Uh, great dudes, awesome show. Can't recommend them enough. Check that out. 
We have Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew over there. Of course, Jordan Zeilinger is the main event of our first pay-per-view. So if you had money on uh, the host of Wreck My Podcast to possibly win it all, well, you could be winning some money. So, But check out their show. Super fun. Very nostalgic. Very very much anyone who loves pop culture, I think, will dig that show. So check that out. Wreck My Podcast, wherever you find your podcasts. There's also the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. With Steve and Eric, it's a nice retro look at a bunch of uh, good times in wrestling from a positive perspective, which I think is very important in this day and age. So check that out, the PPW, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Also, Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Great show, hilarious dudes. The Ohio Players. Travis, you're an Ohio player, in fact. I am. Proud proud member uh, of the Ohio Players. Shout out to uh, Eric and Barry uh, putting the legwork in the streets. Absolutely. A great show. Check them out. Trivia with Buds with Ryan Buds. Awesome show. Really good dude. Dropping a new show, I think, every day. So check him out. Trivia with Buds are great for road trips. Elite Eight Showdown with old Big Chuck and Tim. Um, Travis, I know you've listened. Big Chuck is, in quotes, a friend of the show. But I must say, Elite Eight Showdown... I don't know how many times I'll be listening and I'll look at the steer- like my car stereo and be like, what in the hell is going on on that show? Like, it's just utter insanity almost all the time. Absolutely. I, being the tier one pastry chef that I am, it's hard for me to put over Big Chuck. But if you are not listening to Super 8 Showdown with Big Chuck and Tim, you are doing yourself a disservice. Uh, check them out, and uh, you know Chuck's going to be a stolen gimmick victim here. But uh, moving on, <laughs> oh, that's funny. He likes to call out Big Underscore Bane, but does his own things. At least he's aware of it, though. I would hate to break that news right. to him. Right. <laughs> we also got Ringside Rant with RJ. Check out his show. Super good dude. He was actually the guest on our show last week, the last two weeks. So check out Ringside Rant. The Leisure and Lariats podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson, good friend of mine from Reality of Wrestling over there in Houston, Texas, dropping a new show every Friday. Great dude. Nice positive look on pro wrestling. He always does a butch, uh, excuse me, a book and a match every week as well, which is really fun. So check it out. Boots to the face. Check out their show. Chris Rucker, great dude. Super fun wrestling podcast. I highly recommend it. And um, last but not least, one and only, at Jace, at the art of Jason Wolf. I always say his old Twitter Twitter handle always messes me up. Uh, awesome guy. Super fun dude to talk to. Amazing artist. I mean, Travis, I haven't dove into these personally just because I want to be careful on my finances these days. But what are your thoughts on those custom Hasbros he's doing, man? Jason is a wizard. Like that's hands down that that's what I can say. Like you've said it multiple times. Bane said it multiple times. Like I've worked with him. Like you give him an idea and he takes what is in your head without giving him too many details, takes it, gets what you want. And then some, like it's better usually, right? Absolutely. And you know, I thought the tux the tuxter, uh, tuxedo Hulk was amazing, but you know what? He took it one one step beyond and added the Macho Man head. You know, I'm really looking forward to his Owen Hart, his uh, Road Warriors that are coming out. Like, if you're not following him, 
follow him because these drops, they're very limited um, and they're very awesome. So definitely, definitely check him out. For sure. He's got lots of great stuff over there. So give him a follow at the art of Jason Wolf. Uh, check out all of Bane's music over on Apple Podcast, or Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your tunes. Um, he's always working on new stuff, so I'm hoping he gets a new album out before too long. Also, check out his contractually obligated podcast, No Holds Barred with Bill Benis, which is, I mean, Bill was on Tinder this past week, which, I mean, dear God in heaven, I mean, world's not ready for that, but that was happening. And an announcement. Uh, I have an announcement. Uh, as of now... I'm not saying it's over, but we're going to officially be on hiatus for Back to the Nintendo for a little bit. Um, uh, is Brett tired of losing? Like, I, I listen every week. Like, is Brett finally, like, just tired of losing and Tetris and, like, Tyson's punch out? And, like, is he just, like... And, like, the, the two games I actually beat him in. <laughs> Don't forget Dr. Mario. I beat him there, too. <laughs> yeah. Kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. Like, we... we <laughs> Like, is he just taking a step back because he just has had so much humble pie that, like, he just needs to, like, lick his wounds and, and come back refreshed? It's really not that, actually. Um, the, the problem with doing a podcast like that, it can't really be done on Skype. So you can't, like, you to like how am I going to do the game with him not being, you know, like, it would be way too right. much logistic work to try to make that a thing. So what we have always done on that show is anytime we get together, we always record two episodes. And that kind of helps not have to get together every week. I do shift work at my job, so my schedule is kind of fluctuating, and that can be tough. And he's got a new job where he has to meet clients, probably similar to what you do. So just a random day when he has off, he may have this to do, that to do. Well, I got a little bit of time right. here, so it's it's been hard to get together to record. And we had all the way up to episode 67, which is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, recorded. And if you heard that episode, we actually announced the next one was going to be Die Hard, which we have not recorded. And so I just, I kind of knew about three weeks ago, I'm like, well, if we're not able to get to record this, we may just have to take a break. Uh, As you know, I haven't announced anything yet, but I have some other podcasting ideas I'm wanting to kind of work within here, which I'll be making an announcement here by the end of the year. On what that's going to be. And so I kind of knew, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have the time or energy or want to do three podcasts at once. I feel like that's going to be a lot. So I don't want to, I don't want power hour to go anywhere and back to the Nintendo. I enjoy doing, but when scheduling becomes an issue, it's like, this is just not going to work. And so what I'm thinking, if we can get together to record some awesome, I'll release them. If we can't, I just won't. And so does that mean it's over? No. It, but if all of a sudden he hits me up, I was like, hey, let's let's do some episodes. Like, We'll knock some out, and it'll be fun. But week to week, probably not for now. And I'll keep everyone updated once I, once I if we ever dive back into it. Because in six months, we might kind of like, hey, let's make some new Nintendo episodes. Yeah, let's do it. Because the feed's still there. There's no reason why we can't do it. So we may revisit down the road. But as of right now, we're going to kind of go on a, a bit of a hiatus. Well... I, I'm glad it wasn't my other thought of Brett becoming a professional NASCAR driver because we all saw how that worked by crashing into a wall. So, well, see, I don't know a lot about NASCAR, but I, I would think, and I'll, I would like to consult Soda Hunter on this, but I don't, and Ethan would be a good one to talk to as well. Yeah, I was about to say, Ethan, shout out this. Like, let, let us know about Yeah, Ethan this. Chambers, Soda Hunter, I want you guys to answer this question. 
When you're in a race car, do you try to not hit the wall, or is hitting the wall a good thing to do? I'm curious. I mean, I don't see why it would be a problem, because <laughs> if all you're doing is just a constant left-hand turn, if you're riding that right wall, you can't go wrong. Exactly. So maybe Brett, maybe Brett is just like a progressive thinker when it comes to... Uh, Driving and racing. It's definitely not that he is really, really stupid. I'll tell you that. Absolutely not. <laughs> so a couple more quick things. Uh, of course, check out Bane's company's Average Panda Gear. Uh, if you want some uh, some workout gear that's kind of more for the average guy, some uh, kind of funny quotes, where it's kind of a kind of a parody on of itself. You know, I'm just uh, I'm just here for cheat meals and things of that nature. Pretty fun stuff. He's got shorts, tank tops, T-shirts, all that stuff over there. And then, of course, Outsiders Beard Co. Not Outriders Beard Co., in case you were wondering. That's not it, you dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) I I did laugh at that. I did, too. Well, I also think it's funny that he's... Whoever has put up his episodes has misspelled Bane's name like every time. It's always B-A-Y-N-E. It's like, do you not have a Google search over there? Your research team, sons of bitches? Yeah, I was about to say, I would blame the research team. And Tim has been on vacation. He just came back this week. So maybe quality control over there just, uh, you know, is going uh, leaking through the cracks a little bit. Maybe consult the legal eagles. Do something. I mean, come on, man. It's uh, it's uh, Bernstein, Bernstein, and Peck. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so ridiculous, but but it makes me laugh. So check them out, Elite Eight Showdown. So 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 ridiculous. That's who we're making fun of. Is Big Chuck over there? Of course, we also have all of our t-shirts. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker. BBPH.RedBubble.com. Which actually we have the new uh, Ghost Goblins and Grapple Hold shirt up. It's our official pay per view logo, which is super fun. Over on RedBubble. And then uh, watamaneuver.net, big underscore Bane has a store. I I have a Breaker and Bane's Power Hour store with our G.I. Joe style design. So check out all of our merch. And then uh, we also have our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash BBPH. And you get the weekly energy shot, early access to uh, Power Hour Pro Wrestling. And if you become a patron, you get inserted into a PHPW storylines rather quickly. In fact... I'm not going to reveal who it is on here. He knows who he is. Someone became a patron last week, Travis. You don't know this yet. And we wrote, we rewrote a show and inserted him into a spot last minute. So that's how quickly it can change. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Like, I just got to throw this out there. Do I still have my favorite nation clause because I'm the number one draft pick and I, the number one person of PHPW? Like... Do I still get my favored nations? I, I will tell you this. You are going to enjoy the next few weeks. So just leave it at that. It will be good. All I don't right. reveal okay. too much. But we had a um we had like an a a match with someone who was kind of a joke character. And we thought, well, you know what? We could just pull that joke character out and put this person in. And make it a bigger deal, and that's kind of what we did. So perfect. We have to. So it's a process too to kind of give everyone behind the scenes. We have to make the cards. Um, usually, Bane makes them and kind of runs them by me, and I'm like, "Yeah, I like that." He has to play them out on the Xbox, which he just simulates it, so we have no control over the winners. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and then 
we he has to edit and make the videos. Then we go and do the commentary. Then he uploads. So, like, we're a little ahead of where where people are seeing just because we have to stay up on it. But that that specific patron, which when he debuts, everyone will know because he debuts in a big way. But we nice. got some fun stuff happening. And if you're not a Patreon, as a fellow Patreon, uh, I love the energy shot. You know, I, I talked to, to Breaker about it almost on a weekly basis. Uh, check it out. Uh, it, it's a great way if you like to hear more of the beginning of the show and just some banter between Breaker and Bane and, you know, have them just, you know, kind of shooting it for a little bit and, you know, shooting the breeze. So. Uh, as a fellow Patreon, check it out. It's definitely worth it, especially with now getting your Tuesday access to PHPW. Definitely. And like this past uh, energy shot, I'm, I'm curious what you thought of it. We basically, you know, everyone knows what the best Halloween Havoc match is. Pretty much it's Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. But what's the worst match? And we went over a series of four different matches that could be a contender for that and just kind of discussed them all, which was a lot of fun. Absolutely, and uh, I uh, I don't know who may have like suggested that to you, but great great Patreon. I, I definitely recommend uh, that that guy's uh, suggestion. It was definitely you, wasn't it? <laughs> I gave you credit uh, on the show, though. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that was something that we threw together, like just a regular text conversation you and I had, like talking. We were talking about PHPW and Halloween themed, and it's like. Uh, NXT brought back Halloween Havoc. I said, hey, like, why don't you guys talk about, since you and Bane both love Halloween Havoc, like the best and worst matches in Halloween Havoc history. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know it was going to be an episode till it dropped. So I was uh, shocked to hear it and uh, listen to it. Uh, I think it was what, Wednesday when it dropped uh, during my lunch it. break. Yeah, every Wednesday. So we're putting out a lot of content, and you know that's the thing is I know some people may not even listen to the energy shot, which is totally cool. But that's like I don't, and we also throw out gifts for the patrons once or twice a year, depending on the tier you're at. This is more just like an appreciation thing. Like we're not trying to make millions of dollars off of this because if we were trying to do that, we would be failing at that miserably. But <laughs> it's just a, a fun thing for us to give you something. So it's like. Hey, we appreciate you supporting us. Here's an extra little podcast for you if you want it. If not, totally cool. I think last uh, last December we sent everyone a mug, which was personalized. Which I think everyone dug that. And then then uh, I think a koozie maybe in the summer or something like that. So, so just different things, you know, depending on what it is. And we're always coming up with, like, ideas. Like, okay, what do we send out this year? Because it's got to be something kind of fun, you know, something new. Absolutely. Well, Travis, dude, I really appreciate you stepping in here. You, uh, you bailed us out of a jam that we were not sure how to get out of. So I'm sure Big Underscore Bane will be back next week and um, we'll be back to normal. But I appreciate you, you sitting in and kind of shooting the shit with me, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Sorry I ran long. Uh, it's kind of what happens when we call it on the fly. Uh, I, I'm like the rock, man. Like You tell me I have 12 minutes in a segment, I'm going 17 because... We're, we're getting that good. We're getting that good stuff out. There it is. There it is. Well, thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Travis's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. And I'm Travis. <laughs>
I, I totally forgot my next line. We will see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Very nice. Thanks, man. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back at my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as I hang over I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can't dig it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.